Hello, welcome to this Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is again brought to you by Built Bar. I keep trying more and more flavors. They're absolutely awesome. Just guys, remember with promo code Locked On, you get $10 off uh, your first order, or your first box actually at BuiltBar.com. So yep, always remember that. I um, hope you all are doing well this week. I'm sorry I did not get to you um, an episode yesterday. Um, it's finals week. You know, this is my favorite time of year, you know, especially um, when, like I said, I only have two more finals left until I'm officially a, co- a college graduate, which is pretty crazy to say that I've, you know, I've been in school almost all my life. So it's, it's going to be really, 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 really weird when I don't have to go to school again um, starting in the fall. So, yeah, it's just a little, another, a little life update. Um, I'll continue this little day in uh, Penguins history thing. Yesterday, um, I was supposed to do an episode, like I said, I could not. But um, thanks to NHL Pens from Penguins Twitter, that day in Penguins history was Chris Letang's overtime goal, Game 3 against the Capitals, 2009 Stanley Cup run. Just a massive, massive goal. I'll play that for you guys right here since it's still on my Twitter. Offensive zone, face-off, one by the Penguins, Letang is shot! Oh, man, you know, a whiteout at Mellon Arena, guys, just never, ever, ever um, gets old, especially with the um, just, uh, man, that, the way that arena just jumped up for joy. And, you know, um, my, my story about that goal, it's kind of a little funny. So I was about, what, 11 years old at that time, sixth, sixth grade. So <laughs> this is middle school hunter. So the way I sounded like I, I just, you know, I sounded like a regular teenager. My voice was way way more high pitched than it is now. And I remember I was supposed to be in bed for this. This was the overtime happened. What? Maybe 10 o'clock, 10 30. And I remember I was, I was up, I couldn't sleep. So I snuck out of my room. My mom was downstairs watching with my stepdad. who's a Capitals fan. So I was like, okay, let's see if I can pull this off. So snuck into my mom's room was watching the overtime. And then, um, when the faceoff was one back and Latang shot it and the puck went in, I remember hearing my mom scream a millisecond before and then I started screaming and then it was, she, she came up after she gave me a face. And then I remember I was saying, I was like, what? I, I, I got up for a big moment. She's like, oh, okay. And so she just put me right back to bed, but still, you know, that's what you got it. Even though I'm, I was 11 years old, I'm not just going to like not watch like, ugh. My mom was one of those people that since it was a school night, she was like, nope, you have to go to bed at this time. And uh, I just, you know what? I didn't care. So uh, I just, I, I got up, I went and watched it. I was glad I did. I remember my, my stepdad, um, I remember his lines perfectly. He's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> that, that's one of those lines that will just stick with me forever. And then my mom, like I said, my mom went crazy, you know. I do have to thank my mom for like really, really just getting me into this team, even though I've kind of uh, surpassed her into how much I follow this team. Um, she used to be exactly how I was, and then her, like work got in the way with stuff and a bunch of other things. But, you know, she still follows the team a bunch. She's, and, you know, during when we watch games together, she's absolutely a riot. And I, 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 could, like, I could probably spend a week's worth of content on this podcast describing stuff that she does during games and says stuff. You know, for example, she's still obsessed with Paul Coffey to this day. 
um, which is just really, really funny. She thinks the world of Paul Coffey. But um, you know, maybe we'll do that another time in this offseason. But yeah, I mean, that was just the big memory I have with that goal. Um, about the goal itself, um, that's Chris Letang's second most important goal of his career. I don't really think you can argue otherwise. We all know the number one goal, you know, the Stanley Cup clincher um, in the 2016 Game 6 against the Sharks. But that one, you know, just the magnitude of that game. You know, you're down 0-2 to the Capitals, who are a juggernaut. They are so damn good. And then you just to have that goal, you know, right before that, Evgeny Malkin would have had a breakaway. The puck goes right under his stick. And it's like, oh, and it was just like at the time, like, oh, shit, what the hell? Like, is that really going to do them? And then, you know, beautiful face off right back to the hang. And, you know, fortunately, he gets a lucky bounce right off of, um, I think it was Morrison was the defenseman. And, you know, Varlamov just couldn't get it. So, you know, that that changed the series right there. The Penguins were able to win two more in a row to get to three games to two. I know they lost that game six. You know, the Penguins honestly should have won that game six. Um, the Capitals, I thought, got lucky that they tied that game and then eventually won the game. And then we all know what happened in Game Seven when the Penguins just blew the uh, blew the doors off the Capitals. But yeah, you know, second most important goal of Chris Letang's career. And we forget just how young Chris Letang was at the time. That was a very, very, very uh, young Chris Letang. That was not his rookie year. I think his rookie year was 07-08, if I'm not mistaken. I think at that time Chris Letang was only about 22 years old. So yeah, this was when he was just coming in, you know, to the league. Kind of, you know, we all know Sergei Gonchar was the big veteran. He was. Prime to take over for Gonchar once Gonchar left after a 2009-10. And um, yeah, that, that run just showed just how just how good Chris Letang is. And boy, has he, he's been awesome ever since. But um, today in Penguins history, on this day in 2013, Chris Letang was actually named a Norris finalist. And I believe that was the, um, yeah, that was the walked out shortened season. He only played in 35 games, but five goals, 38 points, 35 games was able to earn him a... Um, Norris finalist. That was the only time that he's been a finalist for the Norris Trophy. He got third that year. And that, it's funny how he was a finalist for the Norris that year when he had 38 points in 35 games, but he wasn't a finalist for the Norris in the 2015-16 season, which was, I think, his best season overall. 16 goals, 67 points in 71 games. He got fourth in the Norris. Um, I, I know Eric Carlson was also awesome that season, but still, you know, the fact that he wasn't able to make a Norris finalist that year, pretty... uh. Pretty weird on that front. And uh, for a negative uh, moment in Penguins history, uh, today uh, in 2013, they lost Game 4 to the Islanders 6-4, which tied up the series of two games. That was the game where uh, Marc-Andre Fleury basically just um, had a complete belt. I remember that the Penguins were just like, they kept trading goals back and forth. I think it was like 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 4-3. The Islanders were able to tie it, and you know, 5-4, and then... The uh, awful goal that he allowed to make it 6-4 with, like, I think a minute left or something like that. I don't even, I still don't even know how that puck goes in. I'm not even going to want to replay it. But, um, yeah, I, I still can't believe that. Um, I'm just like, he, like, I think it was, like, Casey Zizekas or something. He was, like, didn't even have an angle, and the puck just goes over under Flurry's stick. Not over. Under Flurry's stick and somehow just goes into the net. And, thankfully, that was the last game of that run for Marc-Andre Flurry before Tomas Vokun eventually came in because... Um, it was getting to be very, very bad for him. You know, I think that was the year he honestly went and saw that sports psychologist because he was just, um, especially after the Flyers series. And then now it carried over to the next year. He was just in a heap of trouble and just not the same goaltender. But yeah, so that concludes that. So that was a comfortable and fun little thing to do. I'm honestly going to try to keep doing this um, each day, especially as uh, our famous May 10th day is coming up where the Penguins always like to eliminate the Capitals. We'll have a... Uh, Clips of those uh, big moments coming up um, 
think that'll be probably next week. We'll, we'll, we'll replay those on the Monday episode um, of this podcast. But all right, guys. I know you guys have been hearing about it all week, but please, guys, if you uh, have not, please try Built Bar. They are very tasty protein bars. They taste like a candy bar. You have 16 amazing flavors to choose from. Eight chocolate nut flavors. You can also get eight chocolate nut free flavors. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're very, very easy to chew and they're healthy. They're great if, if you're health conscious. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Here's an example. You can get the peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein. This is honestly my favorite one. 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Another one that I think is also really, really good, a mint brownie, 15 grams of protein, 110 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. And we're also, like I said, we're doing an offer. I know I've been saying this a lot. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so we're back for this episode of Locked On Penguins. And for this week, you know, we're going to be doing um, a bit different this week. So we're going to be doing some franchise what-ifs. Um, for today's episode, we're going to keep it, you know, um, for re- for recent recency stuff. You know, I think maybe tomorrow we'll go out, we'll go way further back. But, you know, I wanted to do today um, for, you know, just like a big what-if in Penguins history for like recency. And, you know... One one big thing that I always think of is what if the Penguins beat the Rangers in that 2013-14 um, series? You know, w- what happens? You know, they go to the Eastern Conference Final. They play the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you still likely have Dan Bilesma and Ray Shiro coming back next season. Hell, the Montreal Canadiens were honestly not even that good of a team that year. The Penguins potentially go to the Stanley Cup Final that year and play the Chicago Blackhawks, even if they lose you know, um, uh, like I said, I still think they're back. So, you know, I think that's a massive what if, you know, I mean, we do we get the, the, the 2015-16 and 2016-17 Stanley Cups? Who knows? You know, I always look back at that Game 7. I remember my mindset going into that Game 7 that, that day. And, you know, it was just, it was a weird vibe um, for me personally because, you have, you're, you're, of course, you're tied 3-3. In the back of my head, and I know in the back of so many Penguins fans that I knew at the time, you know, we're like, okay, we win this game, cool, we move on, get closer to the Stanley Cup. And as someone, you know, I never root for my team to lose unless, like, I'm actively tanking for, like, a number one pick or something like Joe Burrow in the NFL or Connor McDavid or, of course, you know, like, Sidney Crosby, the Penguins were able to do that. So, you know, I will never root for my team to lose unless we're, like, actually tanking for, like, the number one pick. So for this game, I'm like, you know what, I do want to win this game, but... If we lose it, which I don't want to happen, I'm not going to be as mad as I would have been um, if this situation were different. And what I mean by that is, you know, they're coming off two bad playoff runs. You know, you have 2011-12. You have the Flyers just embarrass them in six games where, where Marc-Andre Fleury just looked like a complete buffoon. Then you have the 2012-13 um Run and we're going to get to that in a minute. Where maybe what if it hit the Penguins were able to beat the Bruins? And you know, you beat the Islanders six games when Tomas Lukun comes in, you win those last two games. You blitz through the Ottawa Senators in five games, then you go up against Boston, you get absolutely embarrassed by them. Hell, the Penguins lose their way in a way that I don't think a lot of people have very uh, you know have seen this often. I just cannot speak today for whatever reason, 
And then, you know, you get the talk. Oh my God, like what's Dan, what's, is Dan Bosma going to be fired? Is Ray Shiro going to be fired? Nope. Ray Shiro not only comes out and defends Dan Bosma, I think that was the run that he gave him a contract extension after the uh, Penguins got swept by Boston. I know, I remember uh, from, I think this was when I was starting to get onto Penguins Twitter. There were people that were not happy. You know, I was one of them. I was kind of sick and tired of Dan Bosma at this point. It had been a while since the Penguins had, um, done anything really meaningful in the playoffs. I know they got to the Eastern Conference final that year, you know, but just to get embarrassed like that and to just lose your way, it was just, it was bad. It it just, it was insulting. It was embarrassing. The way they just looked like buffoons trying to fight the Bruins every shift, it looked like. Um, It just wasn't good. And then, you know, you beat, you you have the 2013-14, you beat Columbus in six games. And, you know, that for a while there, it potentially looked like it was going to go seven games. So then, like I said, you have the Rangers, you go up three games to one. It's all looking good. You know, you have the unfortunate situation with Marty St. Louis, which was very, very sad. But we all know the Rangers were very, um, you know, they put Marty St. Louis on their backs. And, you know, I mean, if that happened on any other team, especially mine, that, that would be the same thing. You know, you do the same thing. He had that Mother's Day goal, which was, and I'll just say that that's awesome. You know, the fact that he had that Mother's Day goal is just pretty... That's pretty sick, especially in an elimination game. That's that's awesome. Um, but, you know, it, it all just goes back, and it's like, you know, if they lose, you know big changes are coming. You know Mario Lemieux and Ron Burgo are not going to stand for this as they blew another chance to not only get to the Eastern Conference Final, potentially go all the way with Sidney Crosby. And that team was honestly a pretty... I think that I thought that was a pretty good Penguins team, especially with the way like this the, the the bracket was opening up. You know, you had Columbus in the first round, like I said. You had the Rangers, which a team that I thought was very very beatable. And then in the next round, you would have had the Montreal Canadiens and with Michelle Therrien. And I know Carey Price was very very good that season, and I know he was really good um, the next season and as well. This was honestly when Carey Price was I thought I think the best goaltender in the world. But you know, I think the Penguins beat the Canadians in that series if they were able to beat the Rangers. So you know. Um, and, and like I said, you know, what if they do that and then they go to the Stanley Cup final and, you know, they, they play, um, it's not the, uh, it's not, if I, I think I might've said the Blackhawks that year and I know it's not the Blackhawks cause that was in 2014, 15. So I'm an idiot. It would have been the Los Angeles Kings in the Stanley Cup final that season. I cannot believe that I actually said the Blackhawks, you know, I, I guess I mixed those two up, two years up by accident. Um, you know, it just gets annoying when. Um, I remember the Blackhawks won three cups in five years. I just, I mixed up those couple years, so my bad. So yeah, it would have been a Penguins-King Stanley Cup final if they would have closed out Game 7 against the Rangers, beat the Canadians, and then, like I said, beat, play the uh, the Kings. But, you know, it's just, it's weird to look back on now and just think, you know, what, you know, what would the future look like now? <laughs> 2015-16, is there a Stanley Cup for the Penguins in that year? Is there, do they, do they go back to back? You know, is Jim Rutherford here? Probably not. You know, is, do they make that trade for Phil Kessel? Probably not. You know, do they make that trade for Carl Hagelin, Nick Benino? Probably not. Do they get Justin Schultz? Probably not. There's a lot of moves that likely would not have been made. Um, if they win that series against the Rangers, you know, that's just a massive what if I think in my opinion. And, you know, hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. You know, looking back at it now, I'm glad they lost that 3-1 series lead to the Rangers. You know, it was able to open up the eyes of the organization. And, you know, I just, I remember after that game, you know, when the horn sounded zero, I I turned off the TV. I sat there for five minutes and I was just like, okay, like, like we, we know what's coming. You know, as Rob Rossi once said on Twitter, you know, I know what's coming this summer. Well, 
He only got part of that right, and that Jim Rutherford, I mean Jim Rutherford, and that Dan Bosman and Ray Shiro were fired. But you know, I think he hinted that it was going to be some Sidney Crosby of Evgeny Malkin problems, and um, that was never going to be the case. I think that was also the year, though, that that 2013-14 series against the Rangers. I'm trying to remember. I think that was the year where Sidney Crosby was honestly playing with a broken wrist. It was some sort of wrist injury. I know he was not 100%. You know, he just... Remember when he was, like, shooting the puck, and it was just like, wow, that is not the typical Sidney Crosby shot. And um, I think it was actually confirmed after that season that he was playing with a wrist injury. Uh, I'm going to have to double-check on that, but I'm pretty 99% sure that it was. You know, he was not healthy. And um, I think if I had to go back and look at the lines, I think that was, you know, Brandon Sutter was still on the team. I think Joe Vitale was still there. Hell, Craig Adams was still on the team. Uh, I think Tanner Glass was still there. Oh, my God. There's a lot of um, whack bad players that Ray Shiro signed. Um, you know, Rob Scuderi um, was, <laughs> he was still on the team. Oh man, that just never that never gets old to just talk about. But yeah, you know, I, I just I, I, I like doing these kind of segments. You know, we're gonna have another uh, franchise what if tomorrow. Um, I think another one, just a small one to wrap this up. You know, would be 2012, 13. You know, what if they beat the Bruins that year? You know, you know, we finally get that Penguins Blackhawks Stanley Cup final. That's the year that it was Penguins Blackhawks. That would have been Penguins Blackhawks. Of course, it was Bruins Blackhawks, and then they got the two goals in 17 seconds. But you know, what if the Penguins go to the final of the year because that team was so stacked with Brendan Morrow and Jerome McGinley coming over, and then we got the crankshaft with giving up two second round picks. You know, I think like that's one of the biggest things I regret not seeing. Or I think a lot of people do is not having a Penguins Blackhawks Stanley Cup final to see Kane and Taves go up, go up against Crosby and Malkin in their primes. You know, we all know what has happened with the Blackhawks recently, but still, that would have been so much fun to see those two teams go at it. You know, it sucks that we probably won't um, have that happen um, because the Blackhawks are just, you know, they're not very good right now. All right, so that was a, a pretty fun segment too. Like I said, we're going to go back way more um, in time tomorrow maybe doing some 90s stuff you know maybe, you know what if the penguins don't uh like say lose to the islanders with uh david volek so um you know we, we've talked about that you know many times or you know the 96 series you know or you know the 99 series with the devils you know that's a big franchise what if if uh yager doesn't score that tying goal or that overtime goal you know what happens there so you know we'll, we'll touch on a bunch of those i think in tomorrow's episode um, I do want to say, just to close this up, um, I did like how the Penguins closed off that 2017 uh, Stanley Cup run last night. They were showing on 18T Sportsnet. You know, I've said it on this podcast before, I always uh, take great fun in just seeing how national fans are still butthurt over the uh, intent to blow thing. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it really it really is a riot. Like, I, I, will, I will say that. I honestly don't think that they will... Um, ever truly get over that you know just what a team that was you know you were just it was basically just a clenched butthole season for that entire playoff run especially in the stanley cup final i mean really in that i, mean, I should really say that in nashville the penguins blew them out in three of the games in pittsburgh but it really was clenched butthole especially in nashville when they were really really struggling in games three and four and then you know you had the game six you know you have the intent to blow call that goes the penguins way when it really shouldn't have, you know. That's another good franchise what-if moment, you know. What what if the, that, that goal stands for the Predators and it's one nothing? you know. Do the Predators win that game? Does it go back to Pittsburgh? What happens in Game 7? Who knows, but you know what? The Penguins were able to grind that out. Matt Murray was just a absolute monster in that game, especially with, I think, that Predators had, what, a 5-on-3 for a little bit. I loved that. The funniest moment in that game was when they kept passing back and forth at the point. I'm like, I'm just standing there with my like I said, with a clenched butt cheek. I'm like, are you guys going to shoot the puck or are you guys just going to keep passing 
you know, back each other like it's just like a scrimmage. Or, you know, it's like it's almost like just playing like playing catch on like for football on the beach or something. That literally it was what it looked like and it was just weird. You know, the but Matt Murray was just able to was a monster that game. You know, he had a couple breakaway saves. Um just that was Matt Murray at its finest. You know, he was just absolutely outstanding. And then, you know, that Hornquist goal, you know, it, that honestly doesn't go in in probably about seven out of ten times, maybe eight. The way that he was able to just bounce off uh, the glass at precisely the right angle, Hornquist was able to get his stick on that puck and then bank it in off Rene and in. That just does not happen very often. Like I said, it, 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 play that situation like eight more times, that probably doesn't happen. You know, maybe even nine more times, it probably does not happen. But you know what? It happened that time, and that's all that matters, and the Penguins were able to win that game. You know, I liked that the, um, the Penguins were able to replay the 2017 Stanley Cup. I think next up might be 1991, but I'm not sure. Maybe, they'll, like I said, maybe they'll take my, an idea that me and a lot, some other people have and maybe just play some really awesome regular season games from their history. You know, some really cool comeback games, some games that are, you know, sometimes lost in the sauce, as the kids like to say. Um, I think that would be uh, pretty interesting. But I think that does it for this episode of Locked on Penguins. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this one. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode with some more franchise what-ifs and some other um, interesting tidbits as well. So I hope you all are staying safe. You know, we get further and further into May now. Hopefully this will be all be all over soon. Also, go check out Locked on Steelers. Steelers just got their schedule released. I'm sure Chris Carter will be all over that. And also check out the Locked on NHL national show. They do a really good job coming out with that each and every Monday. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes and the show's Twitter at LO underscore penguins. And we will talk to you all soon.